Thank you guys so much for coming to the Bridge Church in Goldsboro today. We're so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at the Bridge Goldsboro. And if you're here for the very first time today, thank you so much for coming. We, we genuinely are glad that you're here. Um, and here's your cordial invitation to come back next week. We hope, hope you've had a, a great experience so far. We want you to come back next week. And uh, we say if you come back next week, you're not a guest anymore. You're part of our family. And we really do mean that. We're in a series called Restoring Values. And we're talking about values that America uh, used to have, and it seems as if as the years have gone by, those values have kind of diminished. And this is not a political series by any stretch of the imagination, but we really believe that our country was founded on godly principles and godly values that were rooted in God's word. And so we're talking about how, how can we take these values that made uh, our nation so successful and incorporate them back into our lives and in the church? Because if you look back at history, it wasn't just about a nation. It was about individuals who honored God. It was about individuals who had these values in their lives and it ended up uh, honoring God with the church. The church became very successful in what God was doing and God blessed them. And so the nation became successful. What would happen if we, if we got those values back in our individual lives? And so we've been talking about different values. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the value of the spirit of adventure. Now that, that sounds kind of funny to be talking about in church, but Stephen Curtis Chapman, uh, if you don't know who he is, he's a Christian songwriter, wrote a song years ago back in the early 90s called The Great Adventure. And he's talking about, man, when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's an adventure. I mean, it's, it's an adventure. And our country was founded by adventurers. When, when you think about who it was, it was explorers, it was pioneers, it was trailblazers, entrepreneurs, it was inventors, uh, conquered a continent, tamed the West, built a nation, all on the back of adventure. What would happen if we got that spirit of adventure back into our own lives? Ben Franklin, one of our, our founding fathers, said that the spirit of adventure is the spirit of a civilization. And when you remove that, the civilization begins decaying. Do, do you remember the adventure spirit that you had in your youth? I mean, just think about it. You wake up in the morning and the day could literally be anything. It could, it could be anything you wanted it to be. You could be anything you wanted to be when you grew up. Your whole life was in front of you, which, by the way, if you're sitting here breathing air, your whole life's in front of you, okay? Your, your life is in front of you. And, and when you're young, it's like, you know what? The spirit of adventure is just alive and well. You didn't know what tomorrow held, but you knew you could be whatever you wanted to be. You, you knew that the sky was the limit, adventure. Do you, do you remember the adventure of riding in the car and seatbelts are not mandatory? <laughs> And you could get up and walk around in the car or in the back. And the adventurous part of that was you never knew when your dad slammed on the brakes where you were going to end up, you know? It was adventure. And I think for a lot of people, as we get older, anxiety creeps in, fear of the unknown creeps in, and it causes us to lose, at least in part, our sense of adventure. But isn't that what adventure really is? It's, it's not knowing exactly what's coming, but standing up to pursue a dream in the face of whatever possible things may come, because you're going to accomplish it. Adventure means you walk a path where you don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but you believe with everything in you that by the time it's over, this whole thing's going to work out for your good. And you're going to pursue it with everything you have. Adventure means you believe the outcome of the path is going to be better than staying where you're at. 
And so you pursue it, even though you don't see the end result yet. So why is adventure so important? Well, because it sounds like following Jesus to me. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I, I, I think about the disciples, and Jesus calls them to leave everything and to follow him. And other people that he called to say, you know what, I want you to leave everything behind. Leave, leave self behind, and I want you to abandon it all, and I want you to follow me. There, there was this, this crazy factor that other people had when they looked at something like that. Man, that's nuts. That's, that's crazy. And, and you see the disciples just do it, and there's this deep-seated sense of going on an adventure with the Son of God. I don't know how it's going to end up. I don't know where we're, but I know this, God is calling me. And so I'm going to put my, my trust in him. Some people call that crazy. But for those that follow Jesus, there was a deep-seated sense of adventure. There was this deep-seated faith that they had. And that's, that's really the same journey that God calls us on. Did you know that the places that God wants to take you and the things that God wants you to see and the person that he wants you to become, you don't see from where you're at today? You don't see it. You, tomorrow in God is shielded from your eyes. It takes faith to say, God, I'm going to put my complete trust in you, and I'm going to trust you for the outcome. I'm going to buckle up, and I'm going to hold on. But I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the end result is going to be for my good. That is adventure. That's an adventurous spirit. So faith equals adventure. When we have faith in God, it equals adventure. Faith in what? Faith that even though it may be tough, faith that even though I, I don't know what the outcome is going to be and it's going to take great courage on my part, I believe that God is working all things together for my good. Faith equals adventure. But so often we retreat in anxiety over fear of the unknown that what we may have to endure or fear of the unknown over what we may have to lose to get there. And so we play it safe and we shrink back to this average thing called predictability. And we put God in a box. Let me, let me tell you something true. You need to hear me right now. God's plan for you never exists in the box that you put him in. His plans for you always include faith. His plans always include you trusting him completely as you step out and taking you on the adventure of a lifetime. I think we've lost that in a lot of ways because of fear, because of anxiety. But following Jesus is an adventure. And if you're going to call yourself a Christian, which means I'm following Christ, I'm Christ-like, I'm following in the footsteps of Jesus, then that means it's going to require you to believe in him and step out in faith. Faith equals Adventure. Now, listen, I'm, when I say faith, I'm not talking about going crazy because we've all seen those people that do crazy things and they call it faith. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk down this dark alley at night and have faith that God's going to protect me or I'm going to go swimming in a, in a lightning storm because I believe that God, I'm, I'm going to pick up snakes and, and wave them around. Let me tell you something. If you ever see a box of snakes in here, tell me because I'm running with you out the door. We, we, that's not what we do here. That's, that's craziness. That's not faith. It's kind of like the old sailor that met a pirate and they start talking one day and they start talking about their adventures on the sea and the sailor noticed that a pirate had a peg leg he had a patch and he had a hook and he asked so how, how did you come up with the peg leg and he said well he said we were you know in a stormy sea and said i got washed overboard and there was a school of sharks and just before my mateys picked me up one bit my leg off he said wow the sailor was just enamored at the adventure this guy had been on and said well how'd you how'd you come up with the hook he said, well, we, we jumped ship into an enemy ship and started sword fighting, and one of the swords came and, and cut my hand off. 
So that's, that's incredible. The sailor was just enamored. He's, so he said, well, how did you get the eye patch? He said, well, a seagull pooped in my eye. And he said, well, that doesn't sound very adventurous. He said, well, it was my first day with the hook. Crazy adventure is not the same as faith-filled adventure. Do you understand what I'm saying? God wants you to go on a faith-filled adventure in him. And I think far too many of us get so terrified at things like early penalties from, from withdrawing early from the bank when you know that possibly God is calling you to start a new business. I mean, God forbid, we're not even close to tearing the tags off of our pillows. I mean, we're just, we live in fear. What, 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 what could God do? I, I don't know. I'm talking about stepping out in faith. I'm talking about living and trusting God who made you, who loves you, who has good plans for you, and you know he's going to see you through, but you have absolutely no idea where he's going to lead you. It's okay to step out on a limb for something you believe in when God is calling you. Did you know that the end of the limb is where the fruit is? Step out on a limb for God. When you know he's calling you to something, step out. Listen, it's not crazy to do that. I think one of the reasons, very naturally, that we lose our adventurous spirit is just because we get older. As we get older, as human beings, most of us, we quit thinking about adventure and we start thinking about stability. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to get so rigid that I actually miss God's plans for my life because I, I mistakenly call uh, fear stability. If you're still breathing air on this planet, that means God has a purpose for your life, and his purpose will always exceed your ability to understand it. And you will walk in faith until the day you die. Jesus said in John 10, 10, we can take this to the bank. He said, I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Life was meant to be enjoyed. Jesus said it. It was meant to be uh, enjoyed, not endured. So if you can understand Jesus' words, life is meant to be an adventure. And you have an adventurous spirit within you because God gave it to you. It just may be buried underneath some stuff that you have thought in your mind, fear, anxiety. I don't know. I don't know if I can be vulnerable like that. But God gave it to you. And the Bible talks about that key word that I mentioned a few minutes ago that unlocks the door to adventure, and that's faith. Faith. Faith that he is a way maker. Faith that he is a miracle worker. And I'm going to proclaim that's who you are. That's who you are in my life. And so I'm going to walk forward. So today, I, I, I want to take a look at three at the greatest adventurers in history. There's, there's many, but we're going to talk about three in the Bible that the, the scriptures say had monstrous faith. And we're going to look at three principles that defined them. And I just want to say, if you will adhere to these three principles, you will wake up every day with a new sense of vitality. You will wake up every day, get out of bed with a sense of purpose in life. And, and maybe having to have that faith and a little bit of, uh, a little bit of I don't know what's going to happen next... But you can wake up every day with a dependency on God and know that whatever happens, God's going to have my best interest at heart. If you'll adhere to these things and go on the adventure of a lifetime. Hebrews 11 mentions several people that had great faith. Uh, and he mentioned them to encourage us. So we're going to look at three of them. Verse 7 in Hebrews 11 talks about Noah. Listen to what it says. It was by, what's the word? It was by faith that Noah heard God's warnings about the things he could not yet see. 
but he obeyed and built a large boat to save his family. Here's principle number one. Get ready. Obey even when you don't understand it. You want faith in your life? You want to open the door to adventure in your life? Then quit cowering behind fear and obey God even when you don't understand. Some of you, God's called to great things, but you're cowering behind anxiety and, and, and you're, calling it, you're, you're calling it safety. You're calling it stability, but really what it is is disobedience. God says obey even when you don't understand. Let me ask you a question. If you were in Noah's shoes and God told you to, to, to build this big boat in the middle of the desert and he didn't give you any proof whatsoever and he said, you know what, I'm gonna start over with just you and your family and I want you to build this thing and, and I'm gonna send you pairs of animals and then it's gonna be great and I'm gonna flood the whole world. Would you believe that? I gotta be honest, I'd have some doubts. <laughs> have you, you ever seen the movie Evan Almighty? I'm not saying that that's scripture, but what I am saying is that kind of puts it in present day. You know, it kind of makes us freak out a little bit. He was, Noah was open to ridicule. Noah was open to not having a clue how all this was going to turn out. He just believed and obeyed God, even though he didn't understand. And maybe that's where you're at. If Noah had any doubts, the Bible doesn't record it. He didn't complain, didn't argue. He didn't delay. He just obeyed. And the result was he had an adventure of his lifetime. He didn't delay. Some of you know right now what God is calling you to do. And delayed obedience is disobedience. He said, do it, and, and he obeyed. And you, you may say, well, that was thousands of years ago. That, that principle, God doesn't work like that anymore. Let me just tell you from a personal experience, 17 years ago, God called me to move an hour and a half away to a city where I knew nobody to help pastor a church that, and get paid for a job that I had never done before, that a church that started with a group of hardcore bikers. I'm not talking about doctors and lawyers on Harleys. I'm talking about hardcore bikers that live the lifestyle. And by the time I had gotten there, some of them were still there, but it had, it had grown a little bit beyond that. But I had no idea what I was doing, and God called me to go. And so in faith, I stepped out and I went. And I had no idea that that, that church would be the foundation and the, the starting place for a journey that would help mature me and grow me as a leader in the church. I had no clue. I was 20 years old. I had no idea. I had no idea that that's the path where God would lead me and I would have uh, four children, the ones I so cherish today. Had I not obeyed, they would have never been here. And after 12 and a half years of being there, God would, would put in my heart and begin to uproot me from that place and call me 12 and a half years now. I thought I'd be there forever to call me to, to move two hours away to another church in another city where I didn't know anybody. One of the toughest decisions that I ever made. See, I wasn't 20 anymore at that time by myself. I had a family. But it was the exact place that I needed to be in order to be surrounded, in order to go through one of the most difficult times in my life. I had no way of knowing in the beginning. God called and I went. And had God not moved me and my family, had I not obeyed, my life would be entirely different right now. Three years after that, sitting in my living room in, in prayer, God would whisper to me again, I want you to go pastor a church that's doing things different than any other thing in the community. I didn't know a whole lot of people there, but I obeyed and I listened. And that church is you, and that's why I'm your pastor today. Not because God gave me all the answers, but because he whispered to me and said, this is what I want you to do. And I obeyed even though I didn't understand it. I want you to know that principle, obeying even when you don't understand, is not outdated. 
where God guides you, God will provide for you. And he does it every single time. When it seems illogical, when it seems like you don't know how it's going to work out, when it seems impossible, you may ask, why would God tell me to do something I don't, I don't understand? Well, that's the exact way that God tests and builds your faith. He knows what you're going to do. He's, he's God, but he's letting you see how deep your faith is at this point by whether or not you'll obey. Even when you don't understand, Noah built this giant ark in the middle of the desert, even though he didn't understand why he was doing it, even though he didn't understand why he had to endure the pain of building it, even though he didn't get why God was letting him endure ridicule from the people that were watching him do it. But he obeyed, even though he didn't understand. And that one act of obedience saved him and his entire family. And it's the reason, by the way, that you're here today. (laughs) Because one guy said yes to Christ, said yes, even though he didn't understand it. Faith, yeah. Adventure, you better believe it. You better believe it. Do you think God is calling you to do something that seems crazy? Is God calling you to do something that, that seems nuts, that, that this doesn't, you, your, your brain doesn't reconcile it? Then pray. Fast. Get godly counsel. Do what you have to do. But once you know it's God calling, then buckle your seatbelt and go. Do it. You will never, ever, ever regret that. Pastor Jim was telling us recently that years ago, he asked his wife, he said, has God, has God ever called you to do something that you didn't understand, that you had questions about, but you knew that it was God calling you to do it? And without even hesitating, she said, yeah, he told me to marry you. (laughs) And of course he, (laughs) and boy, has she been on the adventure of a lifetime, not just being married to him, but being in the Philippines for years. All three of their boys were there as they were there as missionaries, planted over 80 churches in the Philippines, came back to the States and planted a church in Virginia. It grew to over 2,000 people. He retired from there, and, and just whenever he thought he was getting to that age where he should retire, God opened up a new opportunity. And now he's, he said, God, I'm given the rest of my productive years to lead the Bridge Church. And that's why our our senior pastor who oversees all of our locations and our whole organization is here today because he said yes to God, even though he didn't understand it. Is God calling you to something? Would you obey him even when you don't understand? Other times our faith means this. It means giving when I don't have it. Giving when I don't have it. As, As much as we wish it didn't, giving and faith go together. It does. God uses finances to test our faith. I said last week, and it may just be something I say every week, money, for whatever reason, is the acid test of our faith. We, we hold on to it. And it's, it's interesting that when God gave us the who's who among adventurers in Hebrews 11, the, the first guy that got mentioned got mentioned because he gave an offering. His name was Abel. You remember Genesis when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden and they get kicked out of the garden? Some of us are like, what happened after that? Well, they had kids. They had uh, Cain and Abel, the two that are mentioned in the Bible um, in this particular passage. And it says this. It says that they both gave offerings to God. And specifically, Cain gave an offering that God didn't honor. But Abel gave above and beyond. And he made the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Why? Because he was a giver. Giving in faith honors God. And it builds your faith. uh, Verse 4 in Hebrews 11. Let's read it. It says it was by, what's the word? Faith. That word's going to come up. It was by faith that Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain did. God said he was pleased with the gifts Abel offered. 
and called Abel a good man because of his faith. Now, I think it's interesting that he didn't say he was a good man because of the amount he gave. It didn't say he was a better sacrifice because he gave more. It wasn't about the amount. It was about how he gave. It wasn't about a certain quantity. It was about the size of his heart. It was about the faith in which he gave it. It was the attitude. Giving in faith is never about the amount because the amount is relative to what you have. God doesn't care about that. He owns it all. Please understand that. The Bible says in Psalms that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And then he goes on, the world and all who live in it. Not only is everything God's, but every person, you, it's all his. He doesn't care about the amount. You know what he cares about? He cares about your faith and your heart as you give. And it's interesting that people often pay more attention to what is given rather than how it's given. We do. And so what we end up doing is comparing ourselves to other people when it comes to the amount, whether it's the amount of time we give or the amount of charity that we give, the amount of, 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 of ear that we give somebody else, the, the, the amount of money that we're able to pour at something or throw at it. Let me tell you something. You can give millions of dollars to an initiative and on the inside not care one thing about it. Do you know that? If I gave you $10 million and you gave a million away to a great charity, you could walk away and still be completely well off, not having hurt one bit and not care a thing about the organization and what it's touching. God doesn't care about the amount. He cares about your heart. He cares about how you give. Cain gave an offering out of his abundance, but he reserved the best for himself. Abel didn't do that. He gave above and beyond, and he trusted that God would be honored, and he trusted the fact that God was going to be his provider. And the Bible says that God honored him because he gave in faith. I was talking to somebody recently who God told at one point in time, he said, I want you to pay your bills for the rest of the month, and I want you to give the rest away. In other words, pay your bills for the rest of the month, and then I want you to empty your bank account. And then he told me what God said he wanted him to give it to. You talk about nervous. That's enough to make anybody crawl a little bit. And he said, in fact, he said, full disclosure, it took me a little while to come to the realizations that I was actually going to obey. And he stressed over it, but he did it. And he said that, you know what? He tried to wrap his brain around it. And as he was praying through it, he said, you know, if God really is calling me and if God really is who he says he is, then why am I scared of this? I'm not scared because I don't believe God can do it. He said, I'm scared because I don't want to let go of my money. That's, that's where all the fear was coming from. He said, but if God is really the one calling, then I have to trust the fact that God is who he says he is, and he can provide for me better than I can provide for myself. And so he did it. It was nuts. And he gave this, this extravagant amount. And he said, you know what? You know what the greatest part about that was? He said, it put me in a place where I was more dependent on God than I've, I've been in a long, 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 long time. And the faith that I had to have to do that because I was so dependent on God drove me to him. And the relationship that I had with God coming out of that was more extensive and deeper and more intimate than it would have ever been had I said no and held on to it for myself. So the story goes on. God blesses his socks off, of course, because God's word is true and he doesn't lie. But he said even more than that, he said, my faith was deepened in a way that never would have happened because I gave even when I didn't think I had it. Are you motivated by fear when God asks you to give? Are, are, are you motivated by what other people are going to think? Or are you motivated by faith when God asks you to give? You want to go on an adventure of your lifetime? Then give. Pray. Ask God, what, what is it that, that I should give? 
What is it that I should do? Lord, I don't want to do it out of, out, of, out of trying to just, you know, throw a bunch of money at something or see how cool I can be or, hey, I'm going to do the very best and, and leave you out of it. I, I want to do it in faith, God. I want to do it with, with you leading me. God, what, what should I give? And, and this is really what uh, we're leading up to is offering fit for a king coming up on October 6th. That's what this series really is about. More so than just giving, it's about your faith building. And on October 6th, we're, we're going to come and we're going to give. And this is what we do once a year. If you're new around here, or maybe you're, you're new today and you're like, what in the world is he talking about? Once a year, we have this, this thing called offering fit for a king. And we come together as a church on one Sunday and we give. We give over and above. And if you're a tither in the room today and tithing is a part of your life, then this is an opportunity for you to give in faith above and beyond that. Maybe you've never tithed and you're like, you know, or haven't tithed in a long time. That's not an active part of your life. Then this is when we encourage you. You know what? Test God. Do it this Sunday. Test God in this and see if you're not more blessed after you do it than when you started. And the reason why I can stand flat-footed and tell you that is because that's what God says, not me. That's what his scriptures say. Test me in this. Try me in it and see if I won't do what I say. See if I won't pour out blessings that you can't even contain it. And so that's what we're asking uh, all of us to do. On October 6th, we're going to give together. Jessica and I are going to go first because I'm never going to ask you to do something I'm not willing to dive into. And I can promise you this, we're, we're, gonna, we're already are praying about it. We've already been having discussions about it. And we're going to give according to our faith. Then our senior leaders are going to give according to theirs. And then our ministry leaders are going to go. And then you're going to have the opportunity to give. Why? Because I believe if we're going to do anything of significance, leaders have to go first. Leaders have to buy in. And we're going to pave the way. And we want you to be able to do that. Don't miss out on what God could be wanting to do in your life because you're operating in fear. This is about your faith. And, and we're going to do it for two reasons. One, we know God is true to his word. We know he's going to bless us. We, we already know that because we believe. And you've got leaders who have faith in him like no other. And they're going to go first and set the pace. So I, I know God's going to bless us. I know he's going to bless you. The second reason is because I'm, I'm excited about what we're going to be able to do uh, when it comes to ministry opportunities. Everything that we give is going to stay right here at our location in Goldsboro, and we're going to be able to give to life-giving ministry. We're going to be able to plan and set budget stuff up for next year in 2020 to be able to change lives for God. And that's really what it's about, is changing lives. We, we know that. Equal sacrifice, listen, does not mean equal gifts. So it really doesn't matter the amount. But even though the amount might not be the same as somebody else, the sacrifice will be because it's relative to what you have. Would you agree to, to pray and give in faith? You have a, a golden envelope. I left mine over there. Would you hand that to me real fast, Jess? It's so funny that we make them like this. I told our executive pastor, I said, it looks like I'm going to open this up and say who won an Oscar or something like that. But we wanted to do these up. We wanted you to take this home. And if you don't have one, you can get one at the end of service as you walk out. Our ushers are going to have them there. And you're able to take this and you're able to go home and prayerfully decide what it is that you want to give, you and your family. Make this a family event. And inside, there's, there's a few uh, instructions for you. And when you come back on October 6th, put the offering in this. And we're going we're gonna to do it together. It's going to be a great time of faith. And I, I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, God's going to bless. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, 8 says, Everyone must make up his own mind as to how much he should give. Don't force anyone to give more than he really wants to. For cheerful givers are the ones God prizes. And God is able to make up 
to you by giving you everything you need and more. So there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. That's, that's God's word. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Because here's the, re- here's the reality. You either believe it or you don't, and you're either going to give according to that or you're not. So it's not about whether you give a lot or a little. It's not about what you give. It's about how you do it. And that's what I want for your life. I, I want you to, to remember this quote. It's worth remembering. You can write it down. I'm going to say it twice. You have never seen what God can do until you have felt the fear of walking where only faith walks. You have never seen what God can do until you have felt the fear of walking where only faith walks. That's adventure, is walking with God, obeying when you don't understand it, and giving when maybe you feel like you don't have it. Thirdly, faith is trusting even when I don't feel like it. It's trusting God even when my my natural feelings don't feel like it. Look at uh, verses 24 through 27. He starts talking about Moses, and he says, it was by, what's the word? It was by faith that Moses, when he, he grew up, he refused to be called Pharaoh's grandson, but he chose to suffer with God's people instead of enjoying sin for a short time. He thought it was better to suffer for the Christ than to have all the treasures of Egypt because he was looking for God's reward. And by faith, he left Egypt and wasn't afraid of the king's anger. You may know Moses' story. You you may not. But if you don't, just real quick, he was a Jew. He was adopted by Egyptian royalty and grew up in the household of Pharaoh. He had everything that he could ever want, one of the most prosperous uh, nations at the time. He chose instead to lead his people into the desert, called by God, rather than enjoy the royalty and the comfort and the blessing of, of Egypt. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a hard decision to make. Which, by the way, the people that he let out complained the entire time. (laughs) That sounds tough. He came to the point where eventually Moses just had to get down to the brass tacks. He had to ask himself, who am I and where do my allegiances lie? And, And maybe you need to ask yourself that whenever God calls you to move in faith, but you have to let go of comfortability to walk into the unknown and trust God, and you don't actually feel like moving. But instead of, of, of relying on your feelings, you're trusting in the Holy Spirit that what he has for you is good and, and that this difficulty that may be coming, it's going to shape you in such a way that God's will for your life plays out because God knows what you need and he knows the good he has for you more than you. I think it's interesting that Jesus, just before he started his earthly ministry, he, he was baptized and the very next thing says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to fast for 40 days and be tempted by Satan. And I always ask the question, well, if the Holy Spirit hadn't have led him, do you think he would have went? I don't know, but I know there was a reason why the Holy Spirit led him. Because humanly speaking, nobody wants to fast and go without food for 40 days. And nobody says, yeah, I'll be tempted by Satan. Bring him on. Not humanly. We don't feel like doing that. But aren't you glad we serve a God that submitted himself to the Holy Spirit and went and fasted for 40 days, which, by the way, gave him the empowerment to do everything that he did in his earthly ministry and sustain himself through the power of God to eventually go to a cross and die for you and die for me. To be able to trust even when I don't feel like it. It's what Jesus did. It's what Moses did. It's what we need to do. The simple truth is we don't always feel like doing it. But the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that successful people are willing to do what others aren't. 
because they put their own feelings aside. And successful Christians walk in faith when God calls, whether they feel like it or not. And you know what? The result is they walk where only faith walks. You may say, well, I, I wish I had the faith to obey when I don't understand. I, I wish I had the faith to give when I didn't have it. I wish I had the faith that I could, I could trust God even when my feelings are overwhelming, but I just don't. Where can I get that kind of faith? Well, I'm so glad that you asked that question. Are you ready? Look, can I just give you two things real quick as we close? Ways that you can allow God to build your faith. The first one is this, through his word. If you don't know the word of God, if you're not reading the word of God, if you're not in the word of God, then don't expect your faith to move. Don't expect it to move you. Don't expect for your flesh to just walk in the ways of God. You have to know his word. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes from hearing the word of God. Luke wrote in, in the book of Acts that God's wonderful words are able to build up your faith. When you step out in faith or whether you shrink back in fear, you're standing on something. You're believing in something. My appeal to you today and my challenge is to believe in God's word. You can't do it without God's word. So if you're saying, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and with willpower, I'm going to charge the hill, Satan will bring you down because he will appeal to your emotions and your feelings every time. And you will submit unless you have something stronger in, than him. And that's God's word. You want your faith to move mountains in your life? You want to take steps of faith that you never thought was possible and watch God move in your life like no other? Then you got to know God's promises that are only found in his word. That when the enemy attacks, you begin to proclaim them with your mouth. That's how you're going to move in faith. Believe his word. Get into his word. If you need help, we can help you. There's, there are so many tools available when it comes to understanding God's word today. It is, it's unbelievable the, the amount of resources that are available to us. There's really no excuse. The other way God builds our faith, and this is the part that we hate, but this, this is it. It's through tests. Quickly, Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 1. He said, there is wonderful joy ahead. Some of you need to know that right now with what you're going through. There is wonderful joy ahead. God already promised it. Even though the going is rough for a while down here, these trials are only to test your faith, to see whether or not it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it. And your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of his return. So you got to remember that when, when tests come into your life, when trials come into your life, God is allowing them, if you've given your life to him, God is allowing them to show you where you are in faith. You ever look back over the years and, and, and you wish you had have obeyed? You wish you had have given? You, you wish you had have trusted? You just wonder where that situation would have ended up if you had have trusted God? You, you ever do that? Until you stand on his word and believe in it as you face trials, you're never gonna know what your faith is made of. Quick story, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm gonna finish. In 1799, a man by the name of Conrad Reed, he discovered this 17-pound rock while he was fishing. And he didn't know what it was, but he thought, hey, this is pretty cool, it looked different. He, he used it as a doorstop for three years in his house, his whole family. 
So this, this 17 pound rock sat in front of his door. Well, uh, about three years later, his dad in 1802, his name was John, he took it to a jeweler because he just got too curious and the jeweler identified it as a lump of gold <laughs> worth almost $4,000. And here it is, this, this gold 17 pound rock sitting as a doorstop. They never knew what the value of it was until its composition was determined. And that's the same thing as our faith. Until the composition of your faith is determined, its strength is unknown. So God brings trials into our life, not to hurt you, not to, not to make you fail, but to strengthen you and to prove you. And so that when you walk forward, you're able to walk down paths of adventure and faith when God calls you because you look back and you're like, you know what? I already know what God's brought me through. I walked in faith and God came through. He, he proved me. He tried me and he walked with me. And now I'm able to walk forward in adventure. I'm able to walk forward in faith. Some of you today need to understand God is calling you to that same faith right now in the path that is right in front of you. I mean, we're talking about a God who Ephesians 3.20 says this, his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or dream of. He's able to do infinitely beyond our highest prayers, infinitely beyond our, our desires and our thoughts or our hopes. I got a question. Are you ready to start that path? Are you ready to start that? You've literally got a few short years on this earth compared to eternity. Are you going to make them count? Are you going to have faith in God? Or are you going to take those few short years and shrink back in fear and shrink back in anxiety and live in the average, live in the predictable, missing what God can have for you? God wants you to put your trust in him. He wants you to walk that path of faith. And I just got to tell you this before we close, that first path that he's going to lead you down is always gonna to be to his son, Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that in him are all things. And the only way to God the Father is through his son, Jesus Christ. Every blessing that we have in God, every bit of God's power that is released into our lives is done in and through his son, Jesus Christ. And so the very first path that he'll lead you down will always be to his son, Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you haven't made him the Lord of your life. You understand him as maybe your savior. You understand him that, you know, he's, he's this good man and I believe he died for me. But you haven't made him the Lord of your life. You're, you're still living as if you're in charge of your own life. You're still living out your own dreams. You're still, you're lacking the faith it takes to actually pursue paths that God is calling you to because you haven't submitted to Jesus Christ. And I just gotta tell you, if that's your next step today, that's your first step. God cares a great deal about your situation. He cares a great deal about what it is you're going through and how he wants to bring solutions into your life and make you who he wants you to be. But all that is a moot point if you don't accept his son, Jesus Christ. And so the very first path is, is to his son, Jesus. Do you need to accept him today? Do, do, do you need to, to admit that, you know what? I recognize him as God's son who bled and died for me, who sacrificed for me because I couldn't sacrifice for myself to become worthy of God. And now that I'm worthy of God because I accept that, made him Lord of my, now God releases his power into my life. Guys, that's the order. You have to accept his son. And I just wanna ask, are you, are you ready to accept Jesus? Is that your next step? Can I pray with you? 
Lord, all over this room and those listening online, there's, there's people that need to accept you. And if that's you, I just, I just want you to pray this prayer with me if you're ready to do that. I believe God's calling you right now. And, and maybe if you're ready to do that is, a, is kind of a bad phrase because I don't think we're ever ready to sacrifice ourselves. It takes faith. And so I want to ask you are, you, are you willing to muster up the courage it takes to have faith in God's word and give your life to his son? If so, just pray this prayer with me. God, I believe in you and I give you myself today. I lay down my own desires and my own wants and my own, my own ideology and I just, I give myself to you. I'm not a perfect person but I believe that you wanna progress me in this life, that you wanna make me worthy of God and that you have the best in mind for me. So I just, I just declare my dependency on you. I believe that Jesus, you are the son of God. I believe that you died for, for, for me. I believe that you came to this earth and died for me. I believe that God raised you from the grave and that you're alive today. And I put my trust in you. Help me, Lord. Help me to walk this the rest of my life out trusting in you. I aim my heart at you, God, and I give you myself. I make you the Lord of my life. Maybe you're here in the room or listening online and, and you've already done that. Maybe God is the Lord of your life, but you're just struggling about this next step. You're struggling about the whole having faith, walking forward and, and whatever it is that you know God's called you to do. Or maybe you don't even know what it is, but you're, you're, you're committing today to say, God, whatever you have for me, I'm not gonna live in the predictable and play it safe any longer. Call me out into deep waters and let me have the faith it takes to follow after you. Can I pray for you? Lord, all over this room, I believe there are strong and powerful men and women of God. I believe there are businesses that have yet to be started that are gonna, that are gonna bless this, this county and bless them. And your name is gonna be made great because of the success that you do in them. I believe there are relationships that are gonna be restored that are gonna give you a great name. I believe that there are family members that are gonna come back to you because of some powerful people that are willing to submit themselves in faith to praying and to fasting and that lives are gonna be changed. I, I, I believe that there are powerful, powerful men and women of God. And I just declare that over their lives and Holy Spirit, call them in faith in Jesus' name. Call them to faith, call them to stand up and to not be satisfied with, with status quo and playing it safe and predictable. Lord, we know that all things are yours. We're yours. And we know that you have our best interest in mind. I pray, God, that that would become more than words, that that would become a, 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 a status that we live by. That would become a, the hallmark of our being. That we don't just say it, that we don't just know it in our minds, but that when we apply it in our hearts, that we obey when we don't understand it, that we give of ourselves even if we feel like we don't have it. And Lord, we trust even when we don't feel like it. I pray that in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, do the work we submit to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Church, if you agree to that, can you say amen right where you're at? Can we just give it up for everybody that said yes to Jesus Christ in the room today? If you're listening online today, if that's you, please let us know that you made that decision. There's a connect card right in front of you and I just want you to be bold and take a next step and check, hey, I prayed to receive Christ today because we don't want you to do this alone. 
We don't want you to walk out of here and just fade into the distance. We don't want your starting line today to be your finish line when you leave the room. But we want to come support you and we want to put some resources in your hand if you'll let us. So please check that box today. Be bold and do that. That's your next step. Baptism service is coming up on the 13th of next month. If that's your next step, would you let us know? If you haven't been baptized and you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, would you be bold and and take that next step? For some of you, I know it requires faith because I don't want to get wet in front of a group of people. Look, it's one of the best things you'll ever do is declaring publicly your faith in Jesus Christ. And I just want to say, Jesus commanded us to do it. So while we're talking about stepping out in faith, even if we don't understand, if that's your next step, I just want to lovingly, as your pastor say, be bold and take that next step. I promise we'll take very good care of you. Guys, I'm, I'm so incredibly proud of, of who we are and who we're becoming as a church. And as we walk out of the room today, I want you to be praying about what God might want to do through you. Not just during Offering Fit for a King, but what might God want to do through you in your life if you would completely and utterly surrender yourself to him and have faith. I believe your best days are ahead of you. And so I'm gonna, I pray for you often. And as you walk out of the room today, I want you to be prayerful and be mindful and sensitive to what God might wanna do in you. I love you very much and I will see you next week. Have a great week, guys.